Jonna, just want to say welcome to the show. It is Thank uh, you. Oh, this is this is my pleasure. This is my guilty pleasure. And we we always have fun in our conversations. And I actually find that uh, especially when it comes to the world of business, I have a lot of fun problem solving. Um, and so uh, what we get to talk about today uh, is going to be especially fun for me. Uh, and for the people who are listening in, uh, who have no idea who you are and what you do, how would you yeah. self-describe? I would self-describe. Uh, I would self-describe as a fun-loving ops nerd who uh, had a career as COO and second in command for multiple digital startups and now help. I now run my own business and help other CEOs scale their business and scale themselves out of the day-to-day -day of those startups uh, by working with their second in command and helping them really diagnose what their operational bottlenecks are and then working with their second in command to clear those bottlenecks so that the business and the CEO can both be served. I love it. And how can I help? <laughs> well, Mark, um, I am so excited to be on this call today. And this is going to be totally different than any podcast guest experience I've ever had. So I'm very excited. Um, but I came to you maybe last week uh, and let you know that I was working on a messaging project um, that has been brought to my attention that I have not been messaging to my ideal client as intentionally as I could be or should be. And you are the messaging guru. And so I reached out to you and you said, you know what, let's just bring that into a podcast episode and see what magic we can make happen. So I am so mm -hmm. excited for this. Yes. Likewise. So the framework, the meta framework that we'll use to dive into this is the same that I use with all of my clients and that's the product flywheel framework and there's four parts to it uh, what I call the revenue flywheel audience flywheel offer flywheel sales flywheel I design it specifically uh, to be able to work with consultants uh, coaches uh, high ticket offers and also programs and scalable uh, group programs and such as well and so to get the context that I need particularly for when it comes to a messaging problem first we have to start with the audience the audience is the independent variable in the growth equation that is your business. And everything else is going to then change depending on the audience. Revenue, profit, all the things, uh, offers, offer suite, uh, as well as the sales process, uh, all the messaging that exists within uh, your customer journey as well. And so let's start there. Who are we trying to help? Love that. So my ideal client is a digital, as in like online-based startup founder doing anywhere from like high six, but ideally seven to eight figures in annual revenue or they're at that run rate. And they're growing fast. They have a core team. They have a product. They know how to sell that product. They know how to fulfill on that product, but they are struggling to now scale it up past themselves. They are struggling to delegate it effectively to a team and manage that team effectively through systems and process. They're having a hard time essentially not becoming stuck in the weeds and a bottleneck in their own success and in their own growth. And it is starting to throttle their ability to grow as aggressively or as successfully as they wish, as well as inhibit their ability to achieve the personal freedom and the flexibility and kind of that entrepreneurial lifestyle that they envisioned for themselves when they first set out to build the business. So they've seen success, but that success is now starting to inhibit their ability to achieve more success as well as their kind of personal freedom. Um, and they are starting to look to operations. I should say, Mark, that my ideal client, although it is not a deal breaker, my ideal client has an operator, somebody who's already, mm. even if it's not a job title, right? Like they're not necessarily a formal ops manager or whatever, they are essentially running the operations of the business and they have that person already on the team. Okay, so founder, strong at sales, okay at ops, maybe even yep. bad at ops? Yep. Okay. All right. There's additional clarity that I want to ask about here, but before I do, because we could get granular, <laughs> the, yeah, like we, we really could. When a lot of people, when they're talking about audiences and such, they, they get into like customer avatars and they've got like these 10 page documents and everything, and that can be helpful. However, if we're going to take more of a direct response approach and we just also a scientific approach and just really get down to just what it is that we need, I need to know about 
channel sources where and how do your people find out about you and is that how you plan for them to find out about you in the future great question my people primarily find me through either me speaking on some sort of stage so that's a virtual live event that is a podcast it like some sort of a guest masterclass in somebody's community etc etc that's generally where people first hear about me or through the just organic referral network that I've built up over the years Um, then they are kind of nurtured by me on my social media currently that is just Facebook as our primary channel but very soon here we're going to be expanding to other social media channels as well okay and related question what volume or lead flow are we targeting on a monthly quarterly or annual basis it's a great question um we're pulling like the hard numbers right now uh i would say average we're probably engaging in anywhere from like two to five hundred conversations a month uh that is generating anywhere from our conversion rate and our quality rate is not great right now so probably between 10 to 20 um like lead calls booked like calls booked on the calendar um and then that is resulting in anywhere from two to five new clients okay that's interesting particularly because it's coming from warm sources which i'm operating under the assumption right now are targeted they're filled with your ideal client is that a fair assumption the speaking engagements are uh the social like in terms of like where i'm really focused in this kind of messaging project right now is actually more on the social media side um, Mm. because I think I am attracting a lot of potentially qualified leads and clients through kind of the speaking. But when they hit my social, my content may not actually be speaking to their pain points as specifically versus kind of more broad or operational pain points related to being a smaller business owner, somebody who's not yet at that seven figure run rate. Um, And so while I am attracting like I have quite a large network of these seven figure business owners. Um, They are not the ones that are primarily engaging or, you know, engaging in conversations in the DMs, hopping onto calls, that kind of thing. Okay, so there's a couple things that could be going on here. And we're going to continue to like narrow it down. I wanted to know about the channel sources, uh, because Mm -hmm. that affects the conversion rates uh, that we should expect uh, in those uh, channel sources also affects the messaging that you would put in a little bit more casual, so on and so forth, depending on the kind of channel. Uh, The other thing that I am now wondering about is their purchase triggers. There's a concept here that I talk about uh, inside of like my um, trainings and stuff. the four kinds of buyers first buyers early buyers late buyers last buyers have we ever spoken about this no we haven't okay so it's it's an it's an adaptation of the product uh life cycle um the technology adoption life cycle uh, and we took off the innovators part and just simplified the language to be able to get super clear in it and the addition that i made to it was to make it less esoteric, to make it uh, uh, observable. And so what it sounds like you're looking for right now are the first buyers. First buyers buy first and faster. The difference between the first buyers and the early buyers is problem awareness and action. Both first buyers and early buyers are problem aware. The difference First buyers are already actively trying to solve the problem. Early buyers are not. Before we go into architecting what that looks like for you, let's first name the problem. What is the problem that you solve? This is really interesting. The problem that I solve is I close the operational gaps in the business so that it can scale successfully and the CEO can scale themselves successfully. I see. What are the words they use to describe that problem? Um, I am working in the business, not on it. I am uh-huh. stuck in the weeds. I am uh, like I'm working worse than a nine to five. Right. Mm. I'm working a 24 seven. I swapped out my nine to five for a 24 um, seven. I am feeling close to burnout. Some of them I'm trying to think of any like other phrases that are really standing out. 
Sorry, fly landed on my camera. No problem. I was recording with Jay Abraham last week and a gnat landed on my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it happened. <laughs> You're good. You're getting good company. <laughs> so. Other things they would say, Mark, a lot of frustration around their team. My team is coming to me for everything. It feels like my team can't uh, think for themselves. It feels like I'm the only person moving things forward. It feels like I'm the only per like if I stepped out of my business for a week, everything would fall apart. Those sorts of things. I see. Let's now. Let's give your ideal client. A name doesn't have to be a real name, so long as you know what that uh, pseudonym, who that pseudonym maps to. Okay, let's call my ideal client Jessica. Jessica. Okay. Jessica. Are the majority of your clients women? Uh the CEOs. It's a mixed bag. I'm thinking of a demographic split. Okay. They're probably majority men, only because it's majority men in the space. So then let's pick a male name then. Okay. Uh, let's do Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Okay. Perfect. So that's the problem you help Jeffrey solve. Mm -hmm. Now let's think of one of the best client representatives of you, Jeffrey. Okay. What did they say after you solved that problem? What did their language change to? Their language changed to, it's actually funny because my most favorite client, I just hopped like a six, off a six-month check-in call with him, so I can say quite mm -hmm. exactly. Uh, what he said is, I now live in the future of my business for the first time ever versus before I was living in the past and the present. Oh, I am, I, love that. I know, I am ahead of my goals for the first time ever. Like we're, we're further into our goals for the year than, and that is a first that they've always been playing catch up and they've always been behind and they've always been unable and off track in hitting their goals. And now they're out competing them. Um, he says like the clear, the buzzwords he uses, like clarity, alignment, feeling like his entire team is aligned, mm. feeling like they have that alignment is creating this kind of like compound effect that is driving the business forward in a much bigger way and allows mm. him to take a step back and survey the big picture and focus and work on the big picture as opposed to being down in the weeds. I love that for several reasons. The best copy sometimes is not copy. Mm. It just is a direct quote Yeah. from that captures the transformational impact that you've had on somebody's life. Mm. And the fact that you just had that check-in, perfect. So because great. the other thing is that value is the difference between, is the distance travel between point A and point where you want to be. Mm. Like, to take that out of conceptual language and to operationalize that, yeah. we just take the point B, sorry, take the point A and then marry it to the point B. Going from mm. living in past and present client fires Mm. Two, mm. living in the future of the business. Like that's how we would just very quickly start to yeah. create a rough draft of problem solution headline copy. Gotcha. To gotcha. be able to speak to them. Okay, amazing. So essentially, what I'm hearing you say is being able to like I'm thinking of like those little quizzes we had to take in school where it's like A B C on one side and one two three on the other. You gotta like draw mm -hmm. lines. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um essentially matching like before states and after states of like, these are their biggest problems and these are how their problems specifically have disappeared. And here's what their new reality looks like. And Correct. using that as essentially a verbal before after picture yes. to help convey the transformation. Absolutely. Makes sense. If you want to take it one step above, mm -hmm. you take the problems. Notice what I did earlier here in the call. First, we got your technical expert language that accurately describes the problem that they're facing. Then we got the language that they actually use. Yeah. Having both of those is really helpful. Then we got the after mm -hmm. language. Mm -hmm. We got a bit into the 
language that they use, but now I'm curious, is there any technical language that you would use to accurately describe Jeffrey's point B? Totally. Um, and I have a follow-up question, but so the mm -hmm. technical language that I would use, uh, like for this specific pain point is that he's achieved strategic alignment, which is focusing his team and allowing them to compound energy management and momentum to accomplish goals faster. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I want to give you something for the purposes of the transcript recording yeah. so that you also be able to have it to be able to come back to it. Thank you. Here's how we might just craft all of this into a content piece that you could okay. put off into the wild to test mm -hmm. on Facebook, social mm -hmm. channels, wherever the case may be. Do you want to go from point A quote to point B quote? Mm. Well, first we need to understand why point A quote is even happening. Now you provide your technical expert understanding of the problem to be able to get have them get to what I call problem clarity. People talk about problem awareness, but what they're usually aware of is symptoms, which right. is different from the root cause problem. Totally. Typically, as the subject matter expert, we have problem clarity, which is part of the reason why they're even coming to us in the first place. Sure. Like you go to a doctor to get an accurate diagnosis. Right. You have symptoms. You bring your symptoms to the doctor. Doctor gives you a diagnosis and then they can write the proper prescription. Wrong diagnosis, wrong prescription every single time. Right. Right. So you provide value through your messaging by just getting them to problem clarity. Mm -hmm. Then you can take them one step further. Then you can bring them to solution awareness and clarity. It's like you could think of that as a spectrum. At the beginning mm -hmm. is solution awareness, but then solution clarity is like the end of that. And okay. now that starts the next phase of the customer journey, which is, okay, decision, like okay. awareness, you know? Right. Uh, so now when you want to bring them to a deeper level of clarity, you've got the problem clarity. Okay, great. But how do we even begin to like solve for this, right? How did Jeffrey, you know, get to, you know, living in the future of his business? Well, to be able to get there, first, he has to be able to understand strategic alignment because you can't have thing that he just said without underlying strategic solution. And now your person is primed to be able to receive the technical expertise. And you're talking about the strategy, but you're not giving them the implementation. For the implementation, they're going to hop on a call with you. They engage with your team. They take yep. whatever diagnostic and stuff like that. Yep. I see. So to repeat back what you're saying, make sure I understand it. The, the power of using a client's words is that it translates the pain point or the problem into language that your ideal client, your lead can understand mm -hmm. and will resonate with, but to convert that from like, Oh yeah, she gets me to, she can also solve this problem. That's where technical language becomes a powerful tool because it helps demonstrate that you can essentially tell them what their problem is better than they can. And you can tell them mm -hmm. why it's happening. Exactly. Mm. We're going from, empathy to credibility it's like yes you do need empathy to start that conversation but people can love us and understand where they're where we're coming from all all we want um, but could not have a solution to our problem and same thing you know and so uh the empathy creates that there's two things uh credibility and i can't uh I can't claim this framework. Uh, this comes from uh, BJ Fogg, head of the Stanford Research Lab uh, for Persuasion. Mm -hmm. uh, but many, many years ago, he published this paper on uh, to define uh, credibility. It was applied to just websites, but it actually applies to really just human behavior. Credibility equals perceived trust plus perceived expertise. Mm. The empathy gives you the trust. How oh, they understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, I see. The, expert, the expertise part, though, that's in the explanation of the problem. Mm. Accurate diagnosis, accurate prescription. Mm. 
It's like, oh, they've got, she has the expertise Mm. to be able to solve this problem. I need to work with her. Not to take us down too, too far of a side tangent here, but would be curious to hear your thoughts. One of the biggest, most consistent, I should say, pieces of feedback I've gotten around my content. Um, And I think it's because I come from an academic background as well, is Mm. essentially like cerebral was the word most recently Mm. used. Like, Big words, lots of buzzwords, very eloquent, good at communicating. But at the end of the day, it's highly intelligent and intellectual based as opposed to like Hermosi's policy of speak to people at a fifth grade reading level. I'm curious to hear your thoughts around perceived credibility um, or or perceived authority and whether there is not a right or wrong there. Is it some combination of both or is there a right answer on that question? It comes back to the audience being the independent variable in the equation. Because if you have an audience that values academic language, then yes, you may want to use academic language. However, if they. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you know, and so then in that case, like if the style of language, the communication preferences, simplicity, directness, yeah. then, okay, we need to then take it from, you know, uh, uh, grad school, yeah. you know, communication yeah. to, okay, anybody off the street is going to get this like at, at first class. And yeah. there are specific things, there's, there's tactical ways to solve for that. The first time you write, you always write for you. Right. The second time you write, you're still writing for you. But when you want to communicate to others, that's an editing process. Mm-hmm. And throw it into ChatGPT right. and ask it. <laughs> Turn this, this into. <laughs> and I have done that. It just makes yeah. me upset. Like, and and again, this is me, right? This is me and my ego, and I maybe I just need to get over it. But it feels inauthentic to speak mm. uh in that way or what chat gpt kind of spits back out at me feels inauthentic. i see um and okay. so i think i've i've wrestled with it um because how i speak is is this way right is is more yeah. eloquent more precise um but it's bigger language it's more buzzwords it's more you know technical there may be a best of both worlds okay give them the vitamins in the ice cream you can share with them, <laughs> you know, hey, here's, here's the academic way to think about this. But between you and I, this is all this really This means. is all that's really going on. I like that. Yeah. And so you're not just trying to communicate in their uh, preferred style, but you're actually educating. Mm-hmm. You're teaching. Mm-hmm. You're training. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And people who desire to grow generally value that. Oh, they can communicate with me at my level and they can also help me become better. Like elevate it. Yeah. Okay. That's a wonderful reframe. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. I find when it comes to any hangups that we have with marketing, messaging, our offers, there's usually a middle ground that we can find it's not you know black or white yes or no there's usually some somewhere in the middle that yeah. we're able to you know kind of serve all of the masters yes, yes. Yeah. okay beautiful okay so i sorry i sidetracked us continue us down your road so did earlier you mentioned that you had a follow-up question did you already ask it yes my follow-up question actually was around the blend of technical language versus client language so you answered that naturally okay all right so we've been operating at the uh strategic level let's get into a bit of tactics if i'm understanding correctly you'd like to increase the number of inquiries for your services in direct response to the pieces of content that you're putting out into the channels that you're like putting the pieces of content out. Is that right? Correct. Okay. The other 
so we've constructed this marketing message that heightens awareness of the problem and awareness of the strategic solution. But the other element that would be helpful besides just saying, hey, DM me, is then sharing with them some part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Like, and since your folks uh, are up on Alex Hormozy, uh, then they're gonna appreciate if you implement some of his teachings because he has an entire little training on like hundred million dollar leads and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And one of the things that he speaks about is you're giving away real pro- real value inside yep. of the lead magnet. Yeah. But it's not all the value, but yep. it solves a narrow, narrowly defined problem, narrowly defined mm-hmm. solution to a narrowly defined problem. Mm that is also consumable in a short space of time. Yep. So the big problem is I'm stuck in the weeds. Right. I want to live in the future of my business. Right. What is your big solution for that? And then let's see if we can reverse engineer yep. a part of it out to be able to create a lead magnet that's in alignment. So we're, we're working on something right now, and I'm curious, we've talked about it a little bit, but we actually now have some data behind it. So the big solution to start there is getting started with what we call our ops inspection. Our ops inspection is essentially a company-wide audit where me and my team go into our client's business for a full week. We poke around, we look at everything, and we generate a report um, that is essentially custom built to map out their specific bottlenecks and the the precise actions that they need to take over the next 12 months in order Mm. to clear those bottlenecks and hit their goals for the next year. Um, So that is the big solution. It's super comprehensive. It's robust. It's high ticket. It's the whole thing. The miniature sharing um, revenue range or like price range or anything. Yeah. So it's 9K for the audit and we break it down into two payments, but it is a 9K one time service Uh fee. Yep. And just for the purposes of recording, anyone that's listening in, John is dope. And so her prices may have gone up by the time you've listened to this. So I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so, 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 so that's, that's what I would actually call your entry offer. Yes. It's first paid engagement yep. with you. But that implies that there is an even bigger solution because I'm imagining there's something you have to solve the 12 months of things you uncovered in that diagnostic. Yes, exactly. So we will build essentially the roadmap and we present it to them at the end of the inspection, essentially saying, if you want our help and to what extent you desire our help, here is what the next 12 months of looking like working with us would look like in order for us to walk you through the process of transforming your business. That's operations coaching or recruitment or consulting or, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is they need, we build that roadmap. And so we have custom essentially 12 month solutions for every client based off of exactly the challenges they're facing. Now, I snuck a peek at the page that you shared with me before, and you mentioned, I believe six pillars. Yes. Of the six pillars, six pillars of operations that you help people with Mm -hmm. is there this is a two-part question is there one pillar that represents a bigger part of the problem and Mm -hmm. is there another pillar or same pillar that typically needs to be addressed first Mm, great question Okay, so the the part that typically needs to be addressed first is the strategic pillar, because one of the biggest bottlenecks we see is that business owners are not exactly clear on what their strategic vision is. And so there is nothing to operationalize because they don't have a clear direction to move in and they keep pivoting and switching focus. And Uh so that is the root cause bottleneck almost, like I won't say almost always, fairly often, that is a root cause bottleneck that needs to be resolved. And until that's Mm. done, you can make progress in the other pillars, but that work will be less effective. Um, That being said, I have also found that the strategic bottleneck is the hardest for a business owner to conceptualize in the like problem aware stage because it's the sneakiest and the symptoms are the least clear. Mm. What is the clearest is probably the 
um, the team, if they have a big team problem, that will show up very loud in their business. And communication is probably the third pillar that shows up the loudest in their business when they notice themselves just on meetings all day or in Slack every day. Essentially, these are the things that impacted them and their lived experience mm. of running their business the most. Team, strategy, communications. Is that yeah. right? Yep. Okay. I love that you already filtered through to what they're most aware of. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Of strategy and communications. Mm. If they, if you ask them to rate the problem intensity on a scale of one through five, five being the most intense, how would they mm -hmm. rate those two? Um, it does depend on the business, but I would say strategically, they would rate the intensity of that problem relatively low. Um, again, they, even though it is the root cause problem, they do not perceive it to be the problem. Um, mm. And so that is one of always one of like kind of the biggest revelation moments that we're able to reflect back to them I as see. part of kind of the inspection process. Uh, okay. In terms of what they would rate the highest or like the worst, they would rate team and communication as being probably their biggest pain points. Team and communication and the scale of one through five? If they're an ideal client, they are in the four to five range in terms of feeling a lot of pain and frustration around that. Okay. And what language does Jeffrey use? To describe those problems? Yeah. Um, on the team side, I, I spoke a little bit about it earlier, but like the, my team is coming to me for everything. My team can't think for themselves. My team is just waiting around reacting, or I don't even know what my team is working on. I don't even know if they're working on the right things or if they're working eight hours a day. I have issues around performance and accountability tracking. Um, these are the sorts of team challenges that will come up. I have a bunch of underperformers. I have super high team churn. I don't know why people are leaving. I can't hire A players or keep A players. Um, they have a vision essentially of a dream team and then they have a reality of what their team is today. And the gap between mm -hmm. those two is really frustrating. Okay, so it's not a team problem. It's an ops problem. Correct. Okay. They don't have full awareness of that. The symptom is team problem. The root cause is ops problem. Correct. Okay. Excellent. And high problem intensity. Also yep. dope. Yep. What do you have? What within your existing training programs, materials, do you have to solve for that right now? So much. Okay. Uh, in terms of things that I could give away for free. Um, Don't even think about it in terms of giving away for free. Okay. I mean, I, I what's have the, what's multiple... The, what's the fastest and most valuable? Uh, like I have multiple pre-recorded modules already sitting in my coaching program where I am training operators on how to clear these exact bottlenecks within a business. All right. Here's another... Here's another uh, valuable concept. Mm. Value is not just the distance travel from point A to point B. It's the distance travel from point A to point B over time. Mm. If we shorten the time, we increase mm. the value. Mm. Simple. And that's the reasoning behind the, what's the fastest? Right. And so I, so like there's two dimensions to the value that we're playing with here. What's the greatest distance you can have them travel in the shortest space of time? I think this is probably where I get in my own way a little bit, Mark, um, mm -hmm. because I am really focused on creating the whole solution and like actually solving the problem. And many of complaints that I hear from clients when they've worked with competitors before coming to me or something like that is like, you know, somebody came in and built in, built out all of our systems, but we don't actually use them. Right. So like that that operator, whoever they were, didn't actually solve the problem in the entirety that it needed to be solved. And generally when we do the inspection, we're talking about pretty fundamental transformation that needs to happen at a leadership level, behavioral level, a strategic level. There's multiple strategic sessions that need to happen. So maybe this is me having limiting beliefs and getting in my own way. The time constraint is a hard one because I think if anything, I generally advise people that the problems they want to solve are going to take longer 
than they wish they did. And for a startup entrepreneur, they're used to thinking in like month to month spurts, month to month ROI, and operations generally is slower. It's a longer term game and the ROI is way longer to show up in the P&L. The energetic ROI might be immediate, the time ROI might be immediate, for that, but for that to have enough time to compound and create growth within the business, minimum three months. Generally, you start to really see the results at six months. And there is a reason that we build out a 12 month game plan. And it's because it takes that long to fundamentally transform a business. I found your root cause problem. Tell me. You care. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could just promise people that and like feel great about myself selling that to them. But like I want to help them make their vision happen, and I can't do that in thirty days. Totally. So yeah, I here's a refrain. Uh, yes, you cannot fully solve hmm. a problem, particularly a deeply rooted problem. Medically or otherwise, yeah. with a quick fix pill, you yeah. know, there's usually a treatment plan over time to be able to improve the health of the biological system, or in this case, the business system. Yep. Yep. Right? However, there's what I call the first win. Mm. Let's go back in time to Jeffrey. What were some of the first wins, the first pieces of relief yeah. that Jeffrey had? Yeah. And this, I think we've done a good job with in the inspection because it takes a week, right? So okay. most operations businesses would take 30 days. I've seen two, three months for some service offerings. We do it in a week. And the, like our, our inspection process is done within that time frame. And so within the first week of agreeing to work with us, um, like the immediate ROI that people feel is the ROI that comes from like clarity, simplicity, confidence that they actually know what's happening in their business and they have confidence in the game plan that will fix it. Um, like we have a lot of client testimonials saying like, this feels like an a thousand pound backpack was just taken off my back. Or like, I feel immense nice. ROI just from the, the clarity and simplicity of this game plan. Or Jonna and her team were able to tell me everything in my business with zero overwhelm and now I feel ready to execute it. So like that, feeling is something we're able to create within the first week of working with us. And then it's just a matter of like buckling down and getting to work, actually implementing on that game plan. But that first win happens very quickly. And it takes you a week currently to get to that. Week. Yep. How long is that game plan? The game plan is the 12 month roadmap. So Sorry, and it's broken uh, down I'll into... rephrase. Mm -hmm. What is the length of the document or deliverable in which the plan is communicated? It's a written report plus a 90 minute kind of report of findings call. About how long is the report typically like range? If we were to print it out in a PDF, it can be about 20 pages. 20 pages. Do they read it? We walk them through the high level insights on that call so that they're walking out of that. Again, that week long process, they're walking out with the most important points already talked about and summarized and clarified. And then on their own time, yes, generally everybody goes back through and reads the whole report. And are you doing, are you using slide decks to communicate that on a call or is it verbal? It's a, uh, actually a ClickUp dashboard that we've essentially converted into a visual report that we're able to walk them through and we share our screen and we talk them through it in real time. So 12 month ClickUp dashboard. Yep. Okay. So whenever I'm helping a client to name products the first mm. thing we get clear on is the actual physical deliverable mm. and the product format as i call it and that's why i was like oh, 12 month click up dashboard great then we attach a benefit to it just what is the outcome mm. that they're going to get always mm. framed in the positive uh, so that you have room for growth mm. afterwards uh, but if we just had to you know name that dashboard right now what is what is the benefit of having a 12 month Currently, we call it the inspection report, which is not super sexy. The That's why we're here. Yep. Like the sexy name would probably be like the freedom roadmap or the 
you know, transformation roadmap or something like that. Good. Let's make it better. Okay. You used qualitative, yep. like adjectives. Can we attach a quantitative? I mean, the, the numbers that are fixed and the same for every client is that we're looking at the business across six pillars. We're looking at on average 25 different core categories within each of those six pillars. Um, so like a 25 point checklist or something like that. Um, what can't be quantified is 2x the business, 3x the business, increase revenue by 200% only because we reverse engineer the game plan depending on the exact goals that that CEO has. And so the explicit goals of the business are different for every client. Um, there's not a guaranteed we will 2X your business in 12 months because that might not be what they want. You are one subsegment away from that. Okay. okay. If you did it for one, there's probably five who want the same outcome. If you did it for five, it's probably 25. Mm. It's just a matter of finding them. Mm. When we have a broader audience, it's harder yeah. to be able to see that. But when you have a focused audience, you generally mm. broken them down into subsegments. Uh, mm. And you can have different pods, if you will. Sure. Imagine they're going through the six pillars, but then it's like, oh, you've got like the, the team and communication pod. You've got mm. the strategy pod because mm. that's the biggest thing that they're working on, right? Yep. All you got to do is decide if you could just have one kind of pod mm. for the next six to 12 months, who you want? Uh, my desired pod would be the impact pod. The okay. visionary CEOs that want to magnify and scale their business because they want to magnify their impact and they care about what they serve. Okay. If you already have curriculum-based program or training or so to be able to architect that outcome, now it's a matter of identifying which part of that allows you to be able to create the greatest transformational outcome in the shortest space of time. Pull that worksheet out. Pull that exercise out. Productize that into the lead magnet and this is something that's really powerful for anyone that is in the training space coaching space consulting space is just just weaponize your worksheets like like just just like hey this is the thing that we use to be able to get result for this kind of client we serve bigger segment here but we really like working with smaller segment here and to be able to help them get the thing they really care about we use this this solves your point A to point B problem in your language. And, but those are symptoms. Here's the root cause of why you even have those and why you need this thing in the first place. Now, every single content piece is just hammering down on the language that they use, variations of the language that they use to be able to talk about their number one through three prioritized problems. And... Then pointing them to the bite size solution that you already are using to be able to solve this problem. And you're giving it away as a lead magnet. And attaching to it, hey, here's a five minute video of like how we work through another client or something right. with this. Like very, very easy. And then you get to see if it tests well. Right. And it's very, very fast for you to be able to prototype that out, start to get some data, see if it see if it holds. And then, cool, pivot from yep. there into getting them on a call. Then you test this for one to two weeks, and then you measure against the previous two-week period to be able to see if the conversion rates from outreach messages to booked calls increases substantially. Right. Makes sense. Out of curiosity, what are, maybe this is an unfair question, but are there kind of target conversion rates that you see like, what is an amazing lead gen generating? What is a great lead gen generating? And then what is an average lead gen generating? Okay. 
It is extremely channel specific. Sure. And within even each channel, there are like usually like different mediums and stuff. It's like you get like Facebook, right? It's channel, sure. but then it's like okay, Facebook DMs versus yeah, there's there's so many, yeah. uh, and so but uh, and so you'd have to like talk to typically a channel expert. Okay. Uh, to be able to pull those numbers uh, and then also then filter down by industry as well to be able to get uh, those kinds of numbers. That said, a super broad benchmark yep. for a long time has been 40-40-10. Okay. 40% of your very focused audience then gets like they opt into whatever your lead magnet is. Okay. 40% of whomever opt into whatever the lead magnet is then moves on to the next step, whether it's like a, a, a low ticket offer or a call. Okay. Then 10% of whomever then purchase the thing, but the sales conversions would be a little bit different, especially sure. if it's going to be uh, calls versus just like they're reading uh, sure. pages. Okay, cool. Well, our existing lead gen, which is and then I'll let you go here, Mark. Essentially, a synth, it, it is a, a shrunk down version of the inspection. It is the diagnostic survey where essentially we tell them which one of the six they fill out. A multi, it takes a five minutes multiple choice survey. They fill out these questions. We tell them which of the six pillars represents their greatest operational bottleneck and where they need to put their focus immediately and next. Right mm -hmm. now... We've had a, we're having a 38.9% completion rate. Look at that. Nice. Um, and yeah. about 50% of the people who have submitted responses have booked calls. So it seems like we're on track with that. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Okay. Excellent. Love it. Yeah. So questions yes. for you. We spoke about a lot yes, here did. today. Yes, we did top takeaways or insights or thoughts? Well, I'm excited to like listen back to this transcript five times. Um, the big things are getting really clear on specific before and after pain point transformations for my ideal client avatar, as well as getting more specific into what is the subset of like within my whole pool of ideal client avatars, what are their specific motivators or goals that I can kind of contextualize these before after pain points within? What is the most surprising thing to you about everything that we covered? I think it is always like your, your gift mark is always that you're able to really beautifully simplify things. It always surprises me to what extent I am overcomplicating the picture. Um, and you're able to take something that in my mind is very jumbled and, and murky, something like messaging, and break it down in very clean, very concise, very simple frameworks that make it very accessible. So I appreciate well, that. Thank you so much. Yeah. I am humbled. And the thing that I share with all of my clients is the most talented neurosurgeon can't operate on their own brain. Great. Yes, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So I appreciate uh, the surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Fast surgery. One hour. In and out. Uh, you. Um, thank you so much. This is yeah. a lot of fun. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Okay. All right. So we'll clip it there. Uh, question for you is, yeah. do you want to do another one? Another podcast episode of Before or After? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, dude, I would love to. That'd be okay. so cool. So fantastic. All right. Um, How long do you need? Right. Well, and I also want to like have enough to bring back to the table that your audience is also seeing the before after, right? Like me, me being that picture for you and kind of that testimonial. So, uh, I mean, you tell me in my mind, it's probably like a 60 day at a minimum of like having done the messaging exercises, put that into copy, tested the copy, dialed it in, got people to book calls, got those people to close, like to, for it to go the whole gambit to the point that we would see changes to acquisition, probably at least 60, 60 to 90 days is my guess. 
Mm. I'm gonna give you a thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no okay. pressure, except pressure makes diamonds. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I will tell you that we won't have only because of how long our sales cycle takes. We probably yeah. won't have like, oh, and now we have twice the number of qualified leads hopping on calls and closing, right? That type of testimonial. But in terms of like engagement on content, DM conversations, number of calls booked, yeah, that that I think can happen in the next thirty days. That's another whole. I would love to uh, <laughs> validate that hypothesis uh, uh. with data as well. I had a past client, hundred thousand dollar offer assumed sales cycle was six to 12 months uh-huh. we got it down to three okay i am i'm yeah. very open to being proven wrong on that as well especially i just cool. brought in a new salesperson so i'm hopeful yeah yep. yeah yeah um how is october 10th uh it is yeah. a tuesday give me freaking less cold. than 30 days um October 10th is currently looking very open. So that works. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Let me see. I could do same. Is that true? Time? I think I could do same time. Yes, I could All do right. same time. Calendar invite sent. Oh, my gosh. All right. Now it's, yeah. now, now i got to do the work. Fuck. Yeah. I appreciate the accountability, man. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> you know that will get my ass in yeah. gear faster than anything yeah. else. <laughs> let's go. Let's get, let's, let's get to the money faster. All right. I love it. Thank you. All Thank right. you so much, Mark. This is really, really insightful, dude, as always. Always. Thank you. Cool. Talk you soon. anything else from me? You good? Uh, no, just friendship. That's all. Always. You always have it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate have it. an amazing, amazing rest of your day. You too. Talk Catch soon. you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for checking out the show. If you liked it, go ahead and hit the like button and also subscribe so you don't miss another one. It also tells us which ones that you like the most so that we can then do more interviews like that. If you want to go from idea to implementation, though, especially if you're wanting to productize your expertise so that you can scale your impact on your clients and, of course, grow your business, then join our email list. There we're going to talk about how modern consultants can productize their expertise so that they can have a greater impact on the world around them and live life on their terms. If that's up your alley, I hope to see you on the other side. Talk soon.